What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Toilets to Titles Trading Post. What an exciting evening we have planned for you tonight. I am the host tonight. For some reason, they decided I was the adult in the room, and they gave me the keys to the castle. So uh, we're going to try to burn this thing down and all be homeless like Jason. Uh, speaking of homeless Jason, uh, Jason, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I believe this is your first, maybe second time on the Trading Post. Uh, it'd be my second time on the trading post. Uh, first in a good long time. I've, uh, as my nickname says, I've been homeless uh, for a good reason. I did some remodeling, not for the um, unfortunate uh, way that most people find themselves when they're homeless. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm uh, happy to be back on the show and uh, excited to do this. The NFC least with you guys tonight. <laughs> so I I, I, I I my line. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I noticed that Jason is the only one who's using a green screen. Uh, that is because currently he's actually broadcasting live from the Love's truck stop. Uh, he, he's actually paid to use their shower room tonight, and they have free Wi-Fi while he's in there. So uh, he, he didn't want to actually show you that he's in the Love's uh, truck stop because um, he is still homeless. So I, You got to watch out for the lot lizards. You do. Uh, to be afraid of the lot lizards. Are truck stops uh, <laughs> as, as creepy as they used to be? Uh, worse. There's a couple of good ones, but they're pretty far away from me. Uh, Bucky's is pretty pretty nice, but uh, the ones in this area, not so great. So that's that's called Busey's. It's not Bucky's. I, I watched the t I watched the TikTok. It's Busey's. <laughs> <laughs> so also joining us tonight uh, down below me is Joe. Joe, how you doing this evening, my man? I'm ready to go. My my favorite division, <laughs> consistently disappointing so, I, from both I, a regular NFL perspective and a fantasy perspective, if you really think about it. so I, I, I think this is everybody's favorite division. What did, you, uh, what did you ask him to do to you? Excuse you? You said down be what now? Down below me. He's down below. Oh, okay. he's, he's down there. He's right down there. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, Jason, your your humor has been missed. Well, uh, but you know, remember, really, we're, I got I got to say this now because I just got the eyes from my wife because I tell this joke all the time and she hates it when I do. I say, "Remember when you used to blow bubbles when you were a kid?" And every I said, "Tell him I said hello." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, always, I always I always uh, said, "Oh, you still you still got the monkey named Bubbles? That's cool." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is supposed to be a PG show. Uh, if we don't keep it that way, uh, Steve will have all of us. So let's 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 move past the the raunchy humor. We'll save that for another show when Steve's not watching. Um, <laughs> so tonight we are going to be doing uh, as we preluded to the AFC or excuse me the NFC East. Uh, we did the AFC East last week. We talked about the Dolphins. Uh, we talked about the Jets, who suck. We talked about the Bills. Uh, we talked about the Patriots, who suck. So we're going to move right into the NFC East uh, this week. And I believe we're going to be starting with the Cowboys. Um, from the fantasy perspective, I've got to find Mike's little thing. Yeah, I'm not prepared. Uh, like I said, they uh, – they allowed me to have the keys, and clearly this was a mistake. So, so I think I, I think offensively, the big thing with the Cowboys, especially tying it back fantasy, was the uh, the wide receiver shakeups with you know obviously trading Cooper to Cleveland for basically nothing, uh, and then giving Gallup a lot of money. So you know, and also losing C.J. Wilson, which I think is at least worth a mention. So you're down to Lamb, Gallup, and I think James Washington is their number three now, according to the depth chart. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, like I'm obviously I'm interested in CeeDee Lamb. Um, I'm kind of interested in James Washington just because I don't believe Michael Gallup's going to be starting the year healthy. His ACL tear was at the end of the year. Uh, typically, it takes a lot of time to uh, to to come back from that. Like it, it, it's tearing your ACL at the end of the year you're not going to be ready typically at the beginning of the next season. So I don't think Michael Gallup's going to be coming back to start the season. I think he's going to probably end up on the pup list. So that makes me a little bit interested in James Washington. Um, I've become extremely interested in Dr. Schultz, uh, the tight end, and and who I believe will end up end the season as the wide receiver two, quote, wide receiver two for that team. And 
Jason, let me throw this to you. Zeke and Pollard, what what do you think about that situation? Uh, here's the thing I'll, I'll say is I, I'm not a big fan of Zeke going forward, but here's the here's the difference with that right now is Zeke's getting priced to where I want him again. Like all of a sudden, Zeke is a fifth round guy and has the upside to be a running back one. Now, what I'll say about Tony Pollard, I like Tony Pollard as a player, but I think he has a really, really, really limited sample size. So just just uh, for reference, Tony Pollard's career carries is 317 over his whole career. Yep. Ezekiel Elliott had 322 carries his first season. So, you know, when we're talking about the difference between these guys, it's easy to look halfway decent in a limited sample size. Uh, when you're coming in to spell a guy and you're rested when everybody else is tired, it's a totally different thing to do it for a full game for a full season and, and to be the guy. Um, and, and what I'll also say is Zeke even plays hurt and is on the field a lot. So that's just going to limit Tony Pollard's any Tony Pollard upside too. So like I, I'm buying Zeke where he's at, even though he's dropped off. So, Joe, I want to throw this to you. Tony Pollard and Zeke, do you do you feel like in a fantasy you could start them both? Nah, not week one. And I, I really love I love the point just made about Zeke's value finally dropping because even yep. last year, like in a redraft, I think he was like second round, which was at you know asinine for his performance. And now I'm getting to the point too, you know, he plays hurt and everything like that, but I'm wondering. I'm wondering what the Cowboys are even willing to do with them now. Going back to that rookie season and the 300-plus carries, it feels like the the narrative with him all year long was ease him back. It was never we're get, you know it was never watching ESPN game day saying you know we've talked to the Cowboys all week and they're ready to feed Zeke. They want him to have 25, 30 touches for them to be able to win. You never heard that going into a game last year. So I'm just wondering if the way he's going to be used going forward is just different than it was the first couple of years of his career. So Uh, no, to answer your question, no, I would not want to start both of those guys week one. So what, what concerns me and what I, what I think people forget is like the first four weeks of, of the season last year, Zeke was an absolute monster. He, he was a beast for your fantasy team. He was your RB1 for your fantasy team if you had him. Um, and fantastic. And then he had that PCL injury. And that's where he kind of, you know, he never actually had an opportunity to heal. And he just looked like garbage most of the year. But the Cowboys kept giving him every opportunity under the sun in the red zone. And, and, and once they got to the it was all Zeke Elliott all the time. And, and that's where I think he's going to make his hay again this year. What about you, Jason? Oh, yeah, so touchdown upsides there. Uh, and if you do remember talking about injury, there was a brief moment in the middle of last season where they talked about shutting Zeke down for a couple of weeks, yeah. giving Tony yeah. Pollard the role. And then Tony Pollard had an injury just following that, and, and they had to go back to Zeke because he could play. Um, I do see a lot of t- touchdown upside. It is going to be a high-powered offense with Dak. Uh, so there will be plenty of opportunities, you know, within the red zone. And I do think that that's Ezekiel Elliott time for the team. So like touchdown upsides big. I just, I, you know, again, I like him at his fifth round value. I don't like him, you know, where he's gone previously first, second round. Um, so, but I, I do, like I said, just watching the trends over the last several months, watching him drop and drop and drop. I think he's now fallen to a spot where I'm back in on him. So, so real quick, George, you're absolutely right. And it was actually the first five weeks that he was very, very good for them last year. Sorry about that. <laughs> the, dog, I, the dog agrees I, with you, man. Yeah, He's hey, like, dog, hey, dog's like, you're on point. I'm a, I can't argue. Dogs are, I, dogs are always welcome in the trading post, man. Right. Absolutely. I guess Emma likes dogs and horses. this year. Um, you know, <laughs> so you're absolutely right. And I didn't necessarily remember how he, good he was the first five years. So I'm with you there. But I will, to my point, and I'm not going to lie, I didn't know this when I said it. 21 carries was the most he had in a game last year. And, uh, you know, that's maybe because of the PC, you know, maybe it was injury, but that's a little concerning to me based on what we thought he was a year or two into his career. Now, granted, you can never run him 300 times a year and have him for 10 years. We know that, but I'm 21. You know, when you were having wide receiver issues, injury wise all year and stuff, that's a little shocking to me. 
I think I think he'll finish the year right around 270 touches. I think I think that's a good sweet spot for Zeke. Um, let's talk about some other players on this team real quick. Uh, we've already spent way too long on the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> Dalton Schultz is going to be my my tight end five on the season is where I have him. Um, Jason, what do you like about Dalton Schultz? What do you don't like about Dalton Schultz? Uh, so he. Let me say this. He reminds me a lot, and this is going to sound bad, but Jason Witten, right? Like a lot of a lot of catches, not a lot of like big, big, big like breakaway plays. I think a lot of for PPR, I think he's great. Um, he had the third most top twelve tight end weeks last week uh, with nine. Kelsey and Andrews like had ten, so he was right there behind them. Uh, he was fifth in points per game for tight end in all of twenty twenty one. So, so you like that there, and then you lose like we talked about earlier. You lose Amari Cooper's targets. Gallup may not start the season. He's he's up, like he's due for some increase in targets as well. And Jarwin's gone too, and right exactly. Blake Jarwin's gone, so he he's my favorite mid round guy. And what I'm going to say about like normally I ignore those mid round tight ends. I either want one of the the really hot ones or I want one of the back end ones, and I ignore the position. But he's going around guys like Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny, Michael Carter, Gabe Davis, like. He is incredibly stable in the round he's getting taken in in sixth round amongst a sea of like guys that have a bunch of question marks, you know, like, so like Gabe Davis is, they've got new wide receivers in there. Michael Carter's obviously got a running back in front of him. Now Rashad Penny's got a running back who just got drafted. Like, so if you start, if you start your draft with a bunch of guys that are high upside, but could potentially bust, like, in the sixth round, you could do worse than getting a guy like Dalton Schultz, who's going to be week in and week out, like a decent option for you at tight end. So, so last year, Schultz had 78 receptions, 808 yards, and eight touchdowns. That, to me, just screams safe. So it sounds like he's a guy that's going to go out there week in, week out. You could put him in your tight end spot. He, he may not win you the week from your tight end position, but he's not going to lose you the week either. What, what, what says you, Joe? Yeah, and if I remember correctly, he also kind of became Dak's security blanket and probably his favorite red zone target by the end of the year, right? Especially yep. if you include the fact that Cooper's not even there anymore. So, um, no, I I'm on board with Schultz, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think he's going to be, you know, I think he'll be a good DFS stream too from a PPR perspective. One thing real too, real quick, um, that George, you, you mentioned James Washington, and to me, that absolutely screams DFS gold the first couple of yes, weeks. He's going to be agree. cheap, cheap, cheap on FanDuel. He'll be under 5,000 on DraftKings for sure, under six on FanDuel for sure. And he's going to get, you know, even if Gallup plays, he's the number three. Um, I think he's he's going to be a great DFS play early in the season. So, so we're going to move from the Cowboys. We didn't really talk a whole lot about Dak Prescott, but, I mean, what is it really to say? He's going to be a top-ten quarterback. Uh, it, 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 he's a very safe quarterback. Um, so we don't really need to spend a whole lot of time talking about him. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to move on to the team who I believe will actually win the NFC East. Uh, I don't believe the Cowboys will repeat. I think Philadelphia actually takes home the NFC East this year. And if that division continues the way it has historically, the Cowboys will not repeat because nobody ever repeats back-to-back -back season as the NFC champs. Uh, this team had a, a pretty pretty dang good draft, uh, but we're going to focus mostly here on the offensive side of the ball. We're not going to get into their defense that whole that that much, but I like what they did in their draft. Um, they went out, they traded for the big name at wide receiver AJ Brown, pairing him with Devonta Smith. Um, you got the field stretcher in Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, who is another early round wide receiver that they spent draft capital on. Um, Joe, I'm going to throw this to you. Talk a little bit about this wide receiver core. What do you like? What do you don't you like? What do you expect? I was just trying to think, is it Terrell Owens the last time the Eagles had the best wide receiver in the NFC East? And they probably do now again with the AJ Brown deal. Uh, um, you're getting ahead of, you're getting ahead of us. That's we can argue about that after. <laughs> okay. Fair. Um, you know, so I was just kind of thinking because the Eagles have been weird the last couple of years, fantasy wise, other than Jalen hurts, there hasn't been a lot there. Yep. 
um, especially from a league perspective. Maybe you hit a little gold DFS-wise, backup running backs or whatnot. But um, this year, I think they're going to be a little different. I think you're going to be able to depend on Hurts a little bit. I think if Miles Sanders can stay healthy, he had some big games last year. I think they're more relevant this year than they've been the last few years, fantasy-wise, at pretty much all positions. They're 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 playing, you know, whether it's Goddard or wideouts or if it's a healthy Miles Sanders, um, all those guys, I think, and Devonta Smith would all be in a starting lineup week one probably. I want to give a shout out to Joe, who's uh, just been killing it with his comments. This one, he agreed with me that Philly does win this division. Um, th- this team last year, Jason, they were really heavy on the run. They actually led the NFL in rushing and rushing attempts. Um, you've got your running backs, Miles Sanders. You got Kenneth Gainwell. You got Boston Scott, um, but you also got Jalen Hurts, who's been known to pull the ball down and run with it. Uh, what are you expecting? From, from the running back trio here uh, between Sanders, Gainwell, and Scott. And do you see Jalen Hurts um, actually as a downgrade from Ryan Tannehill for A.J. Brown? Maybe, but, uh, I mean, maybe Ryan Tannehill was only Ryan Tannehill because he had a guy like A.J. Brown. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I see um, – I see this being good for Hertz. So we'll start with Hertz because, uh, you know, just like most NFL, it starts with the quarterback. Yep. For fantasy last year, Jalen Hurts was quarterback nine. His yep. best receiver was Devontae Smith, and he was wide receiver 30. So adding a guy like A.J. Brown's only going to make this way better for Jalen Hurts. And, and like you said, he can pull the, the ball down and run. The thing I really love about this is they have the sixth easiest schedule overall for quarterbacks. And they start the season with Detroit, Minnesota, Washington, and Jacksonville. That is love amazing. It. I love yeah, it. That's, I love it for Listen, I'm worried about that Detroit player. game. I'm worried about yeah, the right? Detroit game. Right. <laughs> Protect so, your kneecaps. <laughs> um, so speaking specifically about the running backs, like Miles Sanders is not a thing really. He's gone from running back 14 to 24 to 44 over the last like three seasons, right? Yeah. He's just – he's gone down and down and down. But – the thing about it is they didn't bring anybody in this offseason to say that Miles Sanders isn't their guy. They've got Kenneth Gainwell, who they we all fell in love with for a short period last year, and they just continued to ignore him. Uh, and, and Boston Scott, we've already seen he can't get it done. So you know, what I'll say about Miles Sanders, even though I'm off Miles Sanders right now, he's he's getting drafted like right in front of guys like James Robinson, Duanta Foreman. Latavius Murray, Jamal Sander, uh, Jamal Williams, like he's getting drafted around those guys and, and around those guys, I do want him right. Like, um, but on the downside and I'm jumping back and forth, I apologize. Uh, he had no touchdowns last year. He was 38th in red zone touches. Like he, he had less touchdown or red zone touches than like Latavius Murray. Like those guys, like, man, I, I'm so I'm so in and out of him because like where he where he's falling in drafts like he should go there. His yard per rush, real quick. The last eight games of the season, he had a uh, yard per rush of five every single game or better. Yeah, but to your point, he gets nothing in the red zone. I mean, no touchdown upside, right? Because he got no touchdowns, like yeah. literally no touchdowns, and that I, goes I, back I, to Jalen pulling it down. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll he'll go another season with zero touchdowns. I think that was. An anomaly. He he. The thing that really concerns me with Miles Sanders is his inability to play 16 game season. And I'm not going to go out and throw out that injury prone label. I'm I'm not. Um, he started 11 games his rookie season. Uh, he he only played in 12 games in 2020. He only played 12 games last year. So those numbers clearly hurt his 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 numbers overall. But that's something to be concerned about. Uh, is, is the inability to to stay healthy. Um, the, the, the one thing also I want to touch a little bit on A.J. Brown is if you think it's a downgrade for A.J. Brown to go from Tannehill to Jalen Hurts, you're not paying attention because A.J. Brown doesn't need a lot of volume because he's super efficient. Um, if you look at what they were doing in Tennessee, their first, second, and third option on offense was Derrick Henry. So they wanted to run the ball. Um, that was the entire offense was based upon them running the ball. Same thing is going to be going on in Philadelphia. The only difference is across from AJ Brown, he's got Devonta Smith who can help open things up and Devonta Smith can get down the field. Uh, he's an electric athlete. He's an electric wide receiver. So he's, 
AJ Brown's finally got a weapon across from him that he's never actually had. Like Corey Davis was okay for a year or so, but he wasn't, I don't think Corey Davis is better than Devonta Smith. And then Julio came in last year and was supposed to help take some of that pressure off AJ Brown. And that didn't work out either because Julio was injured the whole time. So I, I think having a, a nice young core here, I, I really like what the Eagles have done. I, I think Jalen Hurts has the potential to finish as a top five fantasy quarterback. I'm not going to go out and say that he's a top five NFL quarterback, but I also think the Eagles have done everything they could under the sun to finally see if Jalen Hurts is the, the answer for them at quarterback or not. Um Jason, I'm going to throw it over to you real quick. I want you to talk a little bit about Dallas Goddard, and then uh, and then I'll throw it to Joe with, with Joe's opinion on Goddard, and then we'll go ahead and move on to the next team. So I don't have any real fancy stats on Goddard. What I can say is that, you know, when Ertz left, he was supposed to be the guy, and I'm going to quote one of the best uh, modern-day football movies and say, he looks like Tarzan plays like James. Like he has, he has all the physical attributes you want from a tight end. He has the draft stock. He has everything you like. He's going to be drafted high again, but time after time, when he's this old tight end, either the team doesn't throw it to him or he doesn't get open. He doesn't catch the ball. Um, I like the guy. I just, I don't think he's going to be, I would take a lot of these. I would take Dal- Dalton Schultz over him. You're getting ahead of the show, Jason. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about taking, this person over this person from the same division yet. I've been homeless. I didn't get to see the other shows. I'm sorry. I don't know. The <laughs> Joe, what, what says you? To, to Jason's point earlier about the Zeke Elliott and the value thing, it's the opposite with Goddard last year, right? He got too valuable. It was too expensive. Whether you were talking a DFS salary or whether you were talking about what he got too expensive because of the upside, Ertz went, he's, he had shown flashes. I think he's solid this year. Um, but I, I agree on, I, I, well, I don't want to break the rules, but I also do agree on Schultz. The last thing I'll add with the Eagles is Jalen Hurts had 10 <laughs> rushing touchdowns last year. Um, so when you talk about the Miles Sanders and the no, the no rushing touchdowns, your quarterback stealing 10 of those right off the bat, that's tough. Yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe's chiming in that, that we forgive you, Jason, for, uh, for not paying attention to the show last week. Well, it's it's always better to ask uh, forgiveness than permission. So we're good. Correct. 100%. All right. So the next we're going to go to the newly named Washington Commanders, or as Mike has them, the Washington Commies. Uh, <laughs> the, the quarterback is Carson Wentz, uh, who they traded for. Uh, running backs, you got Gibson, McKissick, and Robinson. Um McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Johan Dotson, De'Ami Brown at wide receiver, Logan Thomas at tight end. Um, Joe, they the biggest name here that they traded for because they feel they're only a quarterback away was Carson Wentz uh, coming over from the, the Colts. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's good for McLaurin probably long term. So, so. I don't care what Wentz does as far as winning or losing, right? And he's probably not going to win them any big playoff games that they weren't previously already winning anyway. I think fantasy-wise, he has an opportunity to be middle of the road, but this doesn't excite me fantasy-wise that Wentz landed there. This whole team's success offensively, in my opinion, is all about how effective Antonio Gibson can be. Um, And I think the passing game grows off of that. So no, for me, for me, Wentz is a backup fantasy quarterback in a redraft league this year. Jason, how do you feel about Carson Wentz? I try not to. You know that's <laughs> you know that Spider Man meme where the, like all these guys are pointing at each other, and I wonder if after <laughs> they got, I wonder if they got Carson Wentz, and then you know Baker Mayfield became available, and Jimmy Garoppolo was over there, and like. They just like they got one of those memes where all three of the quarterbacks were pointing at each other, and it's just like all the same. And that was the only guy that was available. It's just, it's just hey, if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they make a play for Russell Wilson? I feel like it, it was been a while ago, but I feel like they made a play to try to get Russell Wilson. Uh, not sure. I don't remember that, but it, it's possible. I, 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 I could listen. I very well could be wrong, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure any quarterback needy team tried to get Russell Wilson when they found out he was available. They just didn't get to him. Yes. So. All yeah, right. actually, real quick, 
And it's rumored on March 4th that, uh, per Ian Rappaport, that Washington offered multiple first-round picks for Wilson and Seattle rejected the offer. That's probably because they didn't, they didn't want him to stay in the NFC. That, that makes sense. Um, I mean, they really just wanted no fan. That's what it was. So Joe's, Joe's coming in with somewhat of a hot take, and I was going to point this out uh, in a little bit. Don't be shocked if Washington wins the division. Like, it's a solid team. Their defense is is absolutely loaded. Uh, they do have weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um, everything is going to really hinge on the arm of Carson Wentz, which is not a good position to be in. Um, the, their running back is, is, situation is kind of a mess. Uh, you got Gibson, McKissick, and the rookie they drafted in, Brian Robinson Jr., um, Joe, what do you think about that, that trio, the three-headed running backs that they got there? Well, yeah, and I want to ask the question to you guys because I was pretty high on Antonio Gibson going into last season with the flashes and how he played in 2020, and then that was just ugly for him last year. Um, well, I, I, I don't know what to make of that because Gibson was tracking to be like a top-10 running back going into last season, um, especially with the way they played and everything. So I, I don't know. That's a head-scratcher to me. I'd like to think he bounces back this year. Um, I, I guess I, I guess Wentz maybe makes them a little more balanced than maybe they were perceived to be last year. Maybe that helps. Um, but it's a really interesting. And then McKissick's even interesting too because he signed with another team and then pulled like yep. a Josh McDaniels, right? And then went back. So yeah, he um, said out he was going to go play for the Bills, yeah. and then said, "Psych, I'm going to go back to uh, to Washington." I loved what that tandem did in 2020 from a fantasy perspective because you could almost play both of those guys in the same week in 2020 with the way Gibson was scoring and McKissick was uh, catching. If you were in a PPR, I I don't know what to think of them going into this year. I'm going to, you know, you're going to have opportunities to draft Antonio Gibson and I'll, I'll probably take the plunge in a couple situations and then even it out and not take it in others because that's the best I got. So Jason, they spent a, a, a third-round pick, uh, pick number 98 overall on Robinson. They've got Gibson. they got McKissick. Is there anything here that intrigues you about this running back group? Uh, I mean, avoiding it, knowing I can avoid it now because they've got Robinson. They've got uh, – you know, you hear rumors of uh, Damian Williams – or is it uh, Williams and Stewart from, from yesteryear with Ron Rivera. Yep. Like they're talking about, like, running that back. Jonathan Stewart, exactly. Um, and – so I don't want a two-headed monster from a team that I don't think is all that great. I know I know we're potentially talking like Joe's talking about the Redskins or the Commanders uh, actually potentially like winning that division, but I don't see it. I um, not with Wentz. If you want to ask anybody if Wentz can carry you to the playoffs, all you had to do was beat the Jaguars in Week 18, and and they got decimated by the worst team in fantasy football or regular football, and. Uh, and Carson Wentz looked atrocious. I don't think he's got it left in him. So I don't see them winning. And, and you know, we've we've had this infatuation with McLaren for a couple of years. And something interesting that I, I when doing this research, his games with double-digit fantasy points over the last three years have gone down each and every year. He had yep. six in 2019, five in 2020, and only four last year. He, he's got boom games, which make you think he could be okay. But, you know, maybe that talent really isn't what we want it to be. And, and it's not just the quarterback. It's that uh, the quarterback plus, um, he just disappears. Like, so I, the one thing I, I – so I, I like McLaurin. Like, I know, Jason, I know you were a lot higher on, on Terry McLaurin than I was uh, when he first came into the league, especially his rookie season. Yep. Um, but you almost got to feel bad for the guy because he's gone from, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick to – Cam Newton to Taylor Heineke to Carson Wentz. Like it's a who's who of hot dog poop uh, for, for quarterbacks throwing him the ball. Um, and then they brought in Curtis Samuel last year, who's supposed to be, you know, their, their Swiss army knife supposed to do it all. Supposed to be able to play wide receiver, supposed to be able to do running back. I'm not going to equate him to the guy out in San Francisco that everybody loves to pull a comp for. And so this is their, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. There's only one of those. He's out in San Francisco. Um, so I, I feel bad for the guy. I think he's super talented. I just think he's had a real bad luck on, on quarterbacks getting in the ball. 
And I do want to point out before I throw it to you, Joe, that at 28 minutes and 30 seconds, Jason basically guaranteed he's only going to have three double-digit du- double fantasy games this year. Joe, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, uh, you know, this NFC East, my God, <laughs> I'll tell you, it, 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 is, it is something. I don't know, McLaren, McLaren for me, fantasy-wise, it's like I'll try to hit him the right couple weeks DFS-wise, um, coming off a down week, so the salary gain is there. But, uh, you know, I don't want him as my number one fantasy league wide out, and I don't no. think you're going to be able to get him as your three, so – he doesn't feel overly draftable to me. I, you know, uh, well, Curtis you... Samuel, like I loved Curtis Samuel real quick in 20. What was his last year in Carolina? 2020, yeah. 2019. I loved him. And I thought that was a great signing for the Redskins and he couldn't stay on the field last year. I'd love to see him come back and make a difference this year, but it's too much of an X factor. I'm not going to sit here and say he's definitely going to do so. So Joe's chiming in with a hot take says Dotson will be Washington's wide receiver one this year. Um, while I agree that could possibly happen, I'm going to say no. And I think this is just a, hey, look, it's a shiny new toy. Um, it, right now, we're, we're, we're all still in the middle of, of dynasty season. That's where kind of where our brains are, are geared towards, even though we're trying to do this more as a redraft, uh, as a redraft show. But I, I just think everybody's got these shiny new toys right now who we have to remember, like, they're not all going to pan out, and some of them are actually going to take time. And I think Dotson, while I agree he's got the talent to be their number one, I don't think he's going to be their number one this year. I, I still think it'll be McLaurin. I, I think, you know, Dotson will go out and get you six or 700 yards this season, uh, maybe three or four touchdowns, but I don't think he's going to lead this team in yards, receptions, or touchdowns. I just don't see it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we get spoiled with guys like, Justin Jefferson and Chase yep. that like we, th- yep. we think every rookie, every shiny new toy is going to come out and be, be a wide receiver one. And uh, he has the talent to do it, but like you said, it's, it might not come right away. This is correct. Uh, lastly, and we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on him. Uh, it's a tight end that I actually like, but he just, he, he just hasn't really been able to put it all together. Logan Thomas. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. He was a former basketball player. Um, <laughs> so that automatically means he's a good tight end. Um, yeah, he, he's really the only tight end to name. He's coming off an injury. Uh, he got injured last year. Uh, hopefully he can bounce back. Uh, he's not somebody I'm going to trust start. I could think of, I could think of at least 15 other tight ends right now. I would want to start over him. Um, so do you guys have any, you know, convictions on Logan Thomas here? So I, uh, I, in prep for this, I was reading about, you know, he's ahead of schedule. I think everybody who's got an injury is ahead of schedule at this point. Yep. But, you know, just, just a month ago, you know, there were talks about him starting on the pup list. So, yep. like, the range of outcomes for where he starts. Now, I do think if you're one of the guys that punts tight end, you know, paying attention to the pup list and seeing him come back healthy midseason, um, you know, it's, it's a guy you can pick up late because you know he's got talent, and if he doesn't become anything, you just drop the last guy off your bench to get him, and he's not he doesn't really hurt you any to grab him. So I, I think he's p- potentially one of those guys, but to start the season, you know, I, I doubt he'll be healthy. Yeah, he's somebody, if, if you're looking at the back end of the draft and you want a dart throw, like I don't mind taking one on Logan Thomas if you just punt the position, but it's not so, he's not somebody I'm going to feel comfortable, you know, spending any serious draft capital on. Um, let me go here. Lastly, but not least, everybody's favorite team in the NFC. It East. might be least. I think it's least. <laughs> I think it's least. And I'm, a, <laughs> and I'm a diehard Giants fan, but it's so, hard to argue it's not least. I, I I was saving this one by by our boy Nate. Maybe the team just thinks. And he he posted this while we were talking about the com- the Commanders. But I know he was foreshadowing for the Giants. Um, <laughs> so we're we're gonna. We're going to do a quick little deep dive here on the Giants. They got Daniel Jones, uh, Danny Dimes at quarterback, uh, Saquon, Matt Burita at running back, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, and Wondell Robinson at wide receiver, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Jordan Aikens at tight end. Uh, Joe, you, you, you publicly admitted that you like this team and you cheer for them, so I'm going to start it off with you. Uh, can you sell me on Danny Dimes on uh, as, as a one-quarterback league quarterback, 
or even possibly even a, a super flex quarterback that I should be interested in drafting? Um, you know what? And I'm pretty pessimistic with these guys, but I'll, 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 I'll bite on the super flex because, um, and we, I'll try to call it up now, but <laughs> what we found out last year is he can actually score some fantasy points with his legs. If he doesn't so I, trip in the open field. Well, true. True, but, <laughs> but you know, he had he had two hundred ninety eight rushing yards, two yep. touchdowns. You couple that with the passing, which can't possibly be as stagnant as last year with the new regime. I'm hoping. Um, so uh, you know what? If he was your super flex second QB, I I, I wouldn't hate that. But they, they, certainly, I'm they not brought ready in, to make any. They brought players. in a new coach and a new GM this year, right? From uh, Buffalo Bills, Brian DeBall and. Uh, I forget who the GM was for the Bills, but uh, no, like I like what the Giants did in the draft. They they drafted a uh, who many who consider probably the number one tackle in the draft, and then they got who some people can uh, make an argument for like the number one or possibly number two defensive tackle in the draft. Yep. So they 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 addressed their trenches, which I'm a trench guy. I, I like build your offensive line, build your defensive line. Everything else will fall into place. Um, so. Improving on the offensive line should help Daniel Jones. Um, Jason, what what do you think? Well, so we're talking about 200 and some odd yards for Daniel Jones on the ground. How many quarterback sneaks on third and long is that? I don't know. I, I'm looking over this roster, and, and I, it feels like Kenny Galladay's washed. Uh, Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony looked good when he was on the field, so hopefully he can stay healthy. But, like, they went and drafted – Wandell Robinson and doesn't he do a lot of the same things? Well, he does the exact, in the doghouse. Yeah, Tony he does the, the exact house, same right. thing as his Tony. Like, so they get that's the Spider-Man meme with them pointing at each other. Yeah, yeah, that's I, and so Tony looked good in spots, but you don't want him because, like you said, he's in the doghouse. So you don't know what he's going to do with this new coaching regime. They don't have any ties to Kadarius Tony. They don't need to like make him look good because they weren't here when he was drafted. So, yep. uh, you know, Saquon Barkley looks good in OTAs. You got to hope he stays healthy. Uh, but from what everybody's saying, he looks explosive. You know, his draft, uh, his average draft position has dropped to a point where I'd be back in on on Saquon again because, um, you know, I don't have to take him in the first round. So I'd take a shot on a guy, even if he's injury prone, which you have to say at this point, and I know we don't like to predict injuries, but, you know, the guy's been injured. And I saw a stat today that I thought was pretty, uh, it was pretty depressing from a giant standpoint. Where uh, so say uh, Sony Michelle has had more rushing yards with 31-37 in his career than his fellow first round pick Saquon Barkley with twenty nine thirty seven, and if that doesn't tell you everything, because no none of us think Sony Michelle and he is hasn't a stellar, even started. He right? hasn't even started. He's not a starter, and so that just gets to the point that like Saquon's not on the field, and with him not on the field, it's it's tough. But like. I <laughs> and then maybe and just like Nate says, maybe the team just stinks. And um, may I ask you guys a quick question? As me being a Giants fan, just trying to solicit. And George, I feel like you have pretty passionate takes on individual players, so maybe it's you, Kenny Galladay. What the hell was that last year? And is there any reason to think there's a bounce back in him? So I think there is a bounce back in Kenny Galladay. I don't think it's going to be a bounce back that is going to have him to be what he was in Detroit with Matthew Stafford, because I think you're talking about two totally different quarterbacks and style of play between the quarterbacks, between Daniel Jones and Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's got a better arm. He's a lot more accurate. Um, I think he's a smarter quarterback than, than Daniel Jones. Um, he, he can get the ball out quicker. He, he, he can read the defenses a little bit better. So you're, you're, you're comparing apples to oranges with the quarterbacks. Um, but with that said, like they made Kenny Galladay the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL to this day, number one, Kenny Galladay, number two, I'm going to say Christian Kirk. I'm probably wrong, but damn it. I feel like it's close. Um, so, uh, they, they spent a ton of money. Yeah. To, to bring in Kenny Galladay. Four for so 84, I, right? I'm sorry? Four for 84, I believe, correct? Yep. So they, they spent a boat to get Kenny Galladay. I feel like because of the amount of money they spent to bring him in, like they're going to they're gonna use him. They're going to have to. Um, I think 
he is the best wide receiver on this team. Uh, Jason mentioned it earlier about injuries. And, I mean, this team really is – like that could be said for almost every position on the team outside yeah. of tight end and quarterback. Like yeah, Saquon, so you're worried about injuries. Yeah. Matt Burita, I mean, it's Matt Burita. He got cut from the Dolphins. What, what more do I need to say? Uh, Kenny Galladay, he got injured last year. Shepard. No, Tony is in the doghouse. Shepard can't stay on the field. Slayton can't stay on Ricky the field. Seals, Jones can't Ricky stay on Seals, the field. Ricky Seals can't <laughs> stay on the Jones. Jordan Akins, he can stay on the field. He's just never been given the opportunity to stay on the field. So I so I want to I want to bring this up. I agree. I don't think he's top 10 anymore. I was referring to when they wow. signed him, they made him the number one paid wide receiver in the league. Uh Clearly, that's going to change because other contracts have been signed. Devontae Adams, uh, Tyreek Hill, et cetera, et cetera. He's the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. <laughs> he is. He absolutely is. So there's, like, as far as fantasy goes, the only players on this team that interest me at all is Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay. And and like Jason said, you can get Kenny Galladay – or uh, not Kenny Galladay, I'm sorry. You can get Saquon Barkley at the back end of the first round, maybe at the beginning of the second round. I feel like that's appropriate, and you legitimately you could be getting a guy who, if I told you at the end of the season, Saquon Barkley finished as a top three running back, would anybody here be surprised? Because I would not. I wouldn't be surprised because of Saquon. I would be surprised that the offensive line made that much strides since yep. last year. How about you, Jason? So I, I could see it because, again, talent does win out if he can stay yep. healthy. Now – Saquon Barkley's uh, ADP right now is 28 on Fantasy Pros. So, like, Ooh. you're getting him. Yeah, you're getting him. Third. That's third round. In, yeah, third round. So, so that's, I, where, that's, that's you, where I'm taking him. Well, so I bet you that's also skewed. You're not getting Saquon Barkley in the third round in in a redraft league. I think yeah. right now Fantasy Pros Dynasty. is Dynasty, and that's why it's going into the third round. Yeah, probably. So I, I think I think you're you're looking at a second round pick in, in Saquon. Um, I'll bump him up one whole round, twelve whole picks. So if you're what what pick was he going, Jason? Uh, it says uh, he's going 28. pick twenty eight. Twenty eight. So we'll take off twelve. So sixteen. So you know you're talking beginning of the second to middle of the second round for for Barkley. I I I love that. I like that too, well, but the issue I have there, real quick, and then and then it's the Giants. There's nothing else. But but the issue I have with that is I don't mind the round of taking him there, but I don't want him as my number one going into the season. And I don't think, I mean, I guess you take a running back first round, you take Barkley second round, but that that's where the rub is there for me. I don't mind that cost, but I'm not going to feel great about it if he's my number one week one. Yeah, and I, I agree here. I agree here with Joe. Uh, his rookie year was behind a bad offensive line, if healthy. Um, uh, you, ex- you expect horrible you, offensive line in his rookie year. Yeah. Well, so in, in the, where he makes his money is in PPR leagues. Uh, that, well, that's 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 where you're getting the money from Saquon. Well, so that's what I was going to say, though. Also, a very different quarterback his rookie year, right? It was Eli. Yep. Man- wasn't it Eli Manning? It was. was. A lot of check- it was a ton nope. of checkdowns, screens for you know, and he'd he'd break it eighty yards in open field and. Uh, Daniel Jones just doesn't do that. Maybe it's because he runs a little bit. Maybe it's just because he's looking downfield. Maybe it's because he's running for his life and getting sacked. But like uh, Eli was really good at checking down a Saquon, and that's where he got a lot of his points. It wasn't that he was like some fantasy rushing, rushing fantasy monster. It was just like it was a lot like Todd Gurley when in Todd Gurley's heyday. It was you know some running. Todd Gurley was a better runner from what I've saw, but. But a lot of those screen passes that that you think should get stuff behind the line go for eighty yards and a touchdown. Yep. So so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We're we're pushing forty five minutes here. Uh, we spent probably about thirty minutes more than we should have going over the NFC East. Uh, <laughs> but, but but before before we go, uh, Jason, I know this is this is new to you, uh, but it's something that we kind of winged last week, and it was actually a good time was had by all. So uh, we're going to do it again. Out of just the NFC East, of the quarterbacks, what is the best quarterback? For fantasy or like football? For fantasy. Yeah, we're a fantasy show, so we're going fantasy. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts. Joe, you agree? I think so. Yeah, I do. I think, I mean, Dak's the best quarterback overall, but fantasy-wise, I like Jalen this year. Yep, I, and I, I also agree. I'll go with Jalen there. Um, 
Jason, I don't know if you remember um, when we were talking about rookies and Jalen Hurts when he got drafted and I, how high I was on him. Um, I said I, I told you it would take a couple of years for him to get in there, but once he got that starting job when Wentz got hurt, he probably wasn't going to let it go that he'd be a, a locker room leader, and and that's exactly what's happened with him. Um, I've I've been a huge fan of, of Hurts since since his days back in Alabama. So, all right, next one. This one's going to be a little bit more interesting. Uh, Joe, I'll throw it to you first. Best running back in the NFC East. That is interesting um, because is. you've got a lot of different situations with all four of them, but I think I'm going, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's awful. It should. Well, I guess it should be Zeke Elliott, but I feel like it should be Antonio Gibson fantasy-wise based on the way those four teams are built, but I'm going to go Saquon Barkley. I am going to go Saquon Barkley is the most talented running back in that division, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to go Saquon. I love the conviction. Jason, yeah. <laughs> I'm all in. It. So of the four, I'm going uh, of the of the four teams, I'm going Saquon as well. And it's it's not so much because of Saquon over Zeke. It's that Zeke has Pollard and Saquon has Matt Burita. Like I, I just, <laughs> so so I, I think it's Saquon. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, I I love the fact that. Well, I don't know if I love the fact that we all agree on these or not. I wish there was a little bit of difference, but it's hard to to be different when you're talking about this particular set of uh, positions between the quarterbacks and the running backs. Uh, Saquon, I also believe is the best running back right now for fantasy out of the NFC East. Um, now, now it gets fun. Uh, Jason, I'm going to throw it to you first. Best wide receiver in the NFC East. Oh man, this one's the tough one, right? Cause it depends on if you buy the real upside of CD lamb Um and I do. I buy C.D. Lamb's upside here. I'm going to say it's C.D. Lamb. Um, you got Gallup hurt. James Washington's okay. Uh, Cooper is gone. So he's not really fighting anybody but Schultz for targets. So I- I'm going to say C.D. Lamb is going to be the number one wide receiver in the East, knowing that A.J. Brown is an amazing wide receiver. Joe, what says you? I'm going to go A.J. Brown, um, and I'm, gonna, I'm over C.D. Lamb because of the number twos there. Um, I think Devonta Smith is going to help out AJ Brown more than Michael Gallup or, you know, James Washington, to your point, cause Gallup can't even stay healthy um, is going to help out CD lamb. Lamb's going to get the number one corner of every team um, all year long. Whereas I think there's going to be, I think it'd be a little tougher to take care of everybody, you know, all of the uh, pass catchers in that Philadelphia offense, especially if Jalen hurts is starting to click and running all over the place too. So I'll, I'll go AJ Brown. So I, I'm I'm gonna go Ceedee Lamb just because, based upon last year, uh, the Eagles were a run first offense, and I kind of expect yeah. them to do that again. So I I, I think AJ Brown's a great wide receiver. Um, I think he he will be great for fantasy, but I think with other wide receivers on that team like Devonta Smith, uh, you've still got Dallas Goddard. Uh, you got Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, who will do some uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, there's a lot to go around there where I really only see – really, it's just two receiving threats for the Cowboys for me, and that's CeeDee Lambs and that's Dalton Schultz. So it, I, I'm going to go with, with Lamb as the wide receiver that I want for, for the NFC East. And then I think I know where everybody's going to go for tight end. But, uh, Joe, I'm going to throw it to you first. Best tight end in uh, the NFC East, and why is it Sean McKinnon? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think Homeless Jason probably sold me on this one with his argument earlier because I it would have been a tough decision for me going into this, but I, I, I think I'll go Schultz. Um, no Jarwin. Um, you know, I think he really will be their number two pass catcher for the season when it's all said and done. Um so yeah, I'll, I'll go Schultz. I'll give, you know, we haven't given a lot of attention to Dak. So I'm going to, uh, you know, just kind of say, okay, it is still Dak. He's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touchdowns and Schultz is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, I agree. Jason, what says you? I mean, listen, I, I already told you how I feel about Goddard. It would be funny if I said Goddard now. <laughs> it's Jane being the number one tight end. No, I, it's, it's for sure Schultz. Yeah, I agree. It's for me, it's Schultz as well. So, so 
So you heard it here first, folks. Best quarterback from this division, Jalen Hurts. Best running back is Saquon. Best uh, tight end is Dalton Schultz. Best wide receiver is Michael Gallup. Or excuse me, I'm sorry, CeeDee Lamb. I'm looking at Michael Gallup, but I want to say CeeDee Lamb. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, Jason, Joe, I want to thank you guys for – for joining us tonight, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up. It's uh, pushing fifty minutes again. We should not be spending this much time on this division. Um, next week, I think we're gonna go back to the AFC. Um, Jason, be, being that it's your big return here, what uh what AFC division do you want to cover next? And it can't be the AFC East. I mean, there's only one answer if we're gonna actually do the best one, and I'm gonna say AFC South because we're gonna save the best for last. That is seeing you weren't here, and that is correct because we discussed it last week, <laughs> and we are doing the AFC West last. So, <laughs> uh, listen, I know how this goes. You got to string people along and wait. They have to. They, if you want to hear our takes on the best division in football, you have to wait till the last show. That one correct. could go an hour, and and we could do an hour on that yeah. one and only get halfway through. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that just be Kansas City. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right, gentlemen, again, I want to thank you guys for, uh, for joining us here. We're, we're going to put a bow on this and get it out. Uh, Mike, uh, I know you're in the background there s- stalking us. Uh, we want to thank you. Ooh, keep playing with those. Uh, we want to thank you for, for, for doing all the dirty stuff behind the scenes for us tonight. And uh, we couldn't do this without you, brother. Thank you. To everybody else, have a great night. We'll